Welcome to Just Friends, the podcast where one married couple tries desperately to finish the third season of Friends for the first time ever. Hey, I'm Becca. I'm Chris. That's definitely the current theme of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is the longest third season of Friends ever. Every time I think we're one farther than we actually are. And like every time we come back to the series, I'm like, oh no, we're definitely on this episode and we're always one less yeah and these episodes you know back in the 90s they were the seasons were never ending it seems i know these i mean they would run for like half a year yeah <sighs> different times mm-hmm. I, it has also come to my attention that there is another friends podcast called just friends that is a mother-daughter duo i asked chris if we should send them a cease and desist and he said no so I want you to know that this is the one and only original, authentic, Just Friends podcast. All others are knockoffs. I think they were just on Apple Podcasts or something, or whatever they call their service. Yeah, I don't... Podcasts? <laughs> iCasts? I <laughs> but either so, way, we'll just, you know, run them into the ground mm-hmm. and then forget about them. Yeah. I bet we'll beat them to the end of season three. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We watched the one with Ross's thing, which again is season three, episode 23 of Friends and of Just Friends, this podcast. Mm-hmm. This one was written by Ted Cohen and Andy Reich. Uh, I assume Andy Reich is German or something. Quite quite the last name. Could be Reich. Could be Reich. That's not better. Why not? Isn't that? Oh, yeah. Not I guess. the word. Right. <laughs> I think that's why Steve Reich calls himself Steve Reich and not Steve Reich. Well, his name is Steve Reich. <laughs> I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's just like uh, like Hispanic people who are named Jesus. They're named Jesus. Uh, yeah, but Jesus wasn't, uh, you know, the most heinous regime that, you know, existed during World War, uh, you know, the 20th century. Depends on how you're looking at it. Uh, he was never there around in the 20th century, <laughs> so it does not. Uh, the director was Shelley Jensen. I don't recognize that name. No? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I just yeah. haven't been paying attention long enough. <laughs> so it opens with Chandler's terrible go- goatee still hanging around. Yeah, every time I forget that it's there until it the looks episode worse. starts. How does it look worse? Yeah, and I thought, I thought Joey had a different haircut too. Yeah. It was like shorter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, more of a modern haircut. Yeah, but he looked fine. Yeah, no, it looked fine. It was yeah. just different. And they are talking about their duck. Joey is fantasizing about the duck and the chick mating and calling it Dick. Well, he wanted to call it Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Chandler's like, or Dick. (laughs) 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 Jokes. Then Ross comes in because he has found something. A growth. A growth. And he found it in the shower. I I think uh, Chandler makes like an orgasm joke here. Well, yeah, he's like, you know, I felt something in the shower. It's like something I haven't felt before. He's like, was it like a sneeze only better? You know, <laughs> Everyone's like, like that. he's really crushing it on the uh, potty humor. He's talking about coming. <laughs> so Ross, for some reason, wants his friends to look at this area that he can't see in the shower. Yeah, because then he has no mirrors in his bathroom. I know. But whatever. Or like, what about a doctor? <laughs> 
I mean, I, if it was truly something horrible, you could definitely get, you know, get yeah. a shot of your ass. It turns out, I mean, he's kind of playing it up for his friends, like, you know, for the TV, where it sounds like it's going to be something much worse than it is. Mm. But then it ends up just being his upper ass crack. I mean, it's the same thing you would see if he bent down with a low pair of pants on. Yeah, like he just is, yeah, like top yeah. top cheek, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I definitely see, you know, that much when any portly man bends over. Yeah, exactly. So they don't know what it is either. It sounds like it's large and wrinkly. It's not a pimple. Yeah, it's just, you know, some nebulous growth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're supposed to get a clear picture of it. <laughs> and, of course, Rachel catches all the guys looking up each other's pants. Everyone's like, whoa. Oh, yeah, well, Ross is, like, bending down in front of Chandler, and he's, like, you know, leaning in, looking real close. And he's like, well, that settles it. Two more weeks of winter. Yeah. And Rachel just backs out slowly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the epitome of sitcom writing. Ross's skin tag, he can't identify it. He has no idea what it is. He goes to his doctor, and his doctor says he can't name it either. He says it's benign, but he doesn't know what it is. Which yeah. Which I don't know how you know that. Right. But... <laughs> and he doesn't want to remove it. Joey is like, well, there's something good here. You know, maybe they'll name it after you. Like, be like, oh, man, that guy's got a real Ross on him. Like, oh, he's got Ross. <laughs> Ross tries to get it cut off. I guess Chandler sends him to his nip guy, the guy who Yeah, his doctor who took this third nipple off. Yeah. And Ross goes there and he is telling the doctor, like, yeah, I've just got a run-of-the-mill, normal third nipple that needs to be removed. Like, don't ask any questions about it. At first, he, I think, wasn't going to... Oh, no, no. That's later. Sorry. So he is, like, trying to pretend that this is just a nipple, normal. And he starts to take his shirt off at the doctor's request. And the doctor is like... Or the doctor asks him to take his shirt off. And yeah. Ross, like, pulls starts down his pants. Starts taking his pants off. And he's <laughs> like, what are you like, doing? What are you doing? He's like, I'm showing you my third nipple. My totally normal third nipple. He's like, that's no third nipple. For one thing, it's on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was, I think, the... Uh, my, one of my favorite lines. What's the high water mark of the episode? <laughs> There's Rachel actually has my other oh, favorite yeah, line, no, that but I'll one, come yeah, to that, that later. One was good. Yeah. So Ross, you know, he's on the table later in the episode, and the doctor is like, has called everybody all of in. His doctor friend, yeah. everyone. He's like, thank you for all for coming on such short notice, and they're all <laughs> crowded into the room. He's got his little like doctor magnifying glasses attachment thing on. Yeah. He's like, I've been practicing medicine for 23 years, and today. I was stumped. <laughs> he shows them all the gross. Now yeah. I'm like, ooh. Ah, yeah. ah. So it's just a bunch of people looking at Ross's ass, and you can imagine Man, Ross like, is miserable. Oh, brother. <laughs> Not again. So Ross has decided just to pretty much give up on it, and like this is just going to be part of his life. And Phoebe's like, you know, you could go to my herbal guy. And Ross, low joke of the episode, I think. He's like... <laughs> Uh, Phoebe, I'm looking to get it removed, not to salt and pepper it. And not make it savory. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. So Monica points out that he, that when girls hook up with guys who have weird growths, they all talk about it. And he rips the card out of Phoebe's hand because he can't stand the thought of women talking about his weird rump nip or whatever he wants to call it. Tail? I'm not really sure. So he goes to Phoebe's herbal guy. This part was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy. Uh, yeah, the Ke- guy. Kevin McDonald. You know who he is? He's from Kids in the Hall. Oh, really? And, you know, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I didn't recognize him, but he seemed, he was very funny. 
Yeah. Who's good in this weird... He's like a weird herbal doctor who doesn't know what he's doing either, it seems. It's his well, trick. yeah, you know, it's clearly all bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like <laughs> it's he's even pretending. Of... You know, sometimes you see these herbal doctors in shows and they're like, oh, like, really over the top. Yeah. But yeah, he's like... kind of half-assed. Yeah. You know. It's like, oh, it seemed like he didn't... He just does, like, the same thing every time. He doesn't have real medical problems for people. Right. And then he sees Ross's growth and he's like, oh, my God. He's like, you need a new plan. <laughs> Yeah, so he shakes this powder onto it, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to put this on, and then immediately he's like, oh, God, that was a terrible idea. We have angered it. Yeah, Ross is like, we? Uh, so the guy, like, is, you know, telling Ross, like, they need to fight this with all the power that they have. Love. And he starts rubbing his hands over Ross's back, like, above it, you know, yeah, in the like air. Reiki healing yeah. or something. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, there it goes. It's gone. Yeah, Ross is like, ah, what was that? And he's like, yeah, well, it's gone. He's like, what happened? He's like, it got caught on my watch. It's like, <laughs> it sounds like not just like gets caught on the wrist of the watch and rips off part of your skin. I mean, I guess it was the powder, perhaps <laughs> shriveled it up and yeah, made it susceptible. Maybe it's like you know, vinegar and baking soda. You know, the reaction happens, but mm-hmm. it loosens everything up. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's why Ross only felt a little thing, and he was able to rip it off with his watch. Yeah, he was able to do what Western medicine could not. <laughs> he did have a terrible joke in there, too. He's like, yep, it's just what I thought. It's a kundus. Oh, I didn't really get that. Me neither. That's what <laughs> I was about to say. And then Ross is like, oh, what's a kundus? And he goes, I don't know. What's a kundus with you? But maybe that's supposed yeah, to be it. That it's just supposed to be some weird, yeah. you know, herbalist nonsense, yeah. shamanistic whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I I thought I was I kept repeating it. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, what phrase too. is that supposed to be? What's a kundus? And that's pretty much it. So Ross enters the episode with a weird growth, but he exits back as normal Ross again. Yeah, he really goes nowhere this episode. Mm-hmm. Phoebe has a lot going on. She also goes nowhere this episode. Yeah. She starts out with uh, two guys that she's dating: a firefighter who is totally hot, named Vince. Yeah, named Vince. But he has no sense of humor when it comes to fires. They establish that very early on when they, you know, the gang is meeting Vince and they ask, like, how many, has he ever saved anyone? And he rattles off his stats, like, 90 house fires. Yeah, and... no, he said uh, 98 hot rescues or something. Yeah. He, he had some, like, you know, jargony mm-hmm. term for them. 98 hot rescues. Yeah. The term was hot saves. And then he, and then uh, Chandler's like, oh, well, maybe me and Joey can play with matches and make it an even hundred for you. And he's like, fire safety is never a joking matter. Son. Son, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I forgot. The, he did throw in the son. <laughs> and Chandler, you know, is like admonished. He's uh, mortified. After Vince leaves, Rachel mentions to Phoebe, I thought that you were dating that kindergarten teacher. And Phoebe's like, oh, I am. Seeing him tonight. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Phoebe, two dates? This is so unlike you. She's like, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, sow my wild oats, get out there, date, you know, whatever. Like, having fun. So, I mean, the rest of the episode is sort of Phoebe. She can't take the heat of, like, dating two people. There's a scene where she's out with the kindergarten teacher, who we meet later, mm-hmm. and, they're like, a car fire starts. And he's, he's like, oh, my God, we have to call the fire department. And Phoebe's like, no, we can't. It's a, we just need a good mechanic, you know, trying to do everything that she can. Yeah. So that they don't end up in a classic Three's Company situation. What are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah. 
so she quickly crumbles like you know she doesn't really have the steel heart to play two guys so she tries well she it like becomes work you know to yeah. like juggle all this and she's like you know it's not not fun anymore mm-hmm. so she decides to break it off with vince because who is the firefighter because he is not as sensitive mm-hmm. um even though he's hotter she's like you know super masculine and super Got hot great body mm-hmm. so she goes down to the firehouse to see him and immediately he's doing super masculine stuff going down the fire hose or pole, pole fire pole <laughs> And so she's like oh, already a little flustered. And then she tells him, you know, it's over and he doesn't take it well. He's very distressed. He's like talking about how he wants to open up to her and he, there's so much he's wanted to share. And then he's going to go journal about it. And she is obviously blown away that what hot Vince is sensitive to. So then she, she runs after him. Yeah, she runs and, after him. And, you know, makes up. Yeah. yeah. So then she tells everyone she's going to break up with the other guy. Do you, did you get his name? I don't know. Jason. Jason. Yeah. Actually, I do have a hair. So she tries to break up with Jason, goes over to his apartment where he's doing some woodworking in there. Yeah, it looked like his apartment had nothing in it. Yeah. He was building it from scratch. <laughs> like the walls were bare. It was just yeah. like two by fours laying around. And he's shirtless, you know, doing something. I don't yeah. know. So she's going over to Vince's empty apartment where he is building all of his own furniture, apparently. And turns out what? He's hot. Not totally, Vince, Jason. Yeah. Totally shredded. Totally shredded. Um, he's like, hey, Phoebes, you had something serious to talk to me about? Yeah, he's like, you sounded, you know, like a little, like, distressed on the phone. Like, is there anything wrong? And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> Nothing at all. Yeah. Like, so, she, she wouldn't be able to tell, uh... I know! She never, like, hugged him before or something. Right. Well, <laughs> I was surprised like... that she had been talking about wanting to sow her wild oats, and then she apparently hasn't banged yeah, this guy. Yeah, hadn't, hadn't gotten it in. Like, yeah. what do you... Why juggle them? Yeah. So at the end of the episode, Phoebe is having now not broken up with either guy, obviously. She is doing a show. She's singing about crazy underwear or something. Yeah, giving her a wedgie. Yeah. And then she notices that uh, Jason comes in well, and Vince, Vince is already, is already there. there. Yeah. So in her head, she's like, oh, no, what's he doing here? Oh, play it cool. You're going to do great. You're definitely going to be able to play this cool. But then she tries to keep singing the song, and it's just... Just nonsense noises. (laughs) And then she finishes with, Thank you, and as always, I will leave without taking any questions. As always, please don't talk to me after the show. (laughs) Jason walks up and And is like, You were great up there. And gives her a smooch. And Vince is like, Hey, bro. Yeah, what's what's going on here? Who's Who's this guy? And Phoebe breaks down and tells them, you know, that she's been dating both of them after pushing Jason away, right? She's like, oh, get away from me. I don't even well, know so this she guy. Tries to, she's like, oh, I don't know. He just started kissing me. Get him, Vince. Get yeah. him. So I guess she makes her choice there. No, I feel like she was just trying to get out of the awkward situation. <laughs> and she tells them, you know, I've been dating both of you and it's been really horrible. I mean, it's been really fun for me. <laughs> but she said, like, you know, she she feels bad and obviously she needs to make a choice. And they're both like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, we never said that this was exclusive, so, like, no big deal. She's like, wow, thanks. You know, you guys are so understanding. And I think that... Jason is like, he's like, you know, we hadn't been dating that long. We haven't even slept together. Yeah. And then Vince is like, you guys didn't sleep together? Whoa. You did? (laughs) And then, obviously, Jason is upset. Uh Uh-huh. 
And he walks out. He's like, I'm going to make this real easy for you, Phoebe. And then just turns away. Take a good real look at these because you're never yeah, going to see them again. much. <laughs> he should have whipped out his dick and been like, look at everything you're missing. <laughs> Check out this huge dripping hog. <laughs> That's what I would do if I were a dude. Yeah, it's a good way to get arrested constantly. <laughs> so then Jason, you know, I, I, oh yeah, Phoebe is trying to console Jason. She's like, Vince. or no, Jason. And she's like, oh, I made you that candlelight dinner in the woods though. And, oh yeah, before he struts yeah, out. Yeah, before he struts out. And Vince, upon seeing Jason strut out and hearing about the candlelight dinner in the woods, he's like, I just can't believe that I ever dated someone would have an open flame in the woods. In a wooded area. Yeah. And the audience loves it. They're like, oh, callback. Yes. <laughs> and then that's like, well, that is like the last scene of the episode before the yeah little tag, the credit scene. So credit. Credit to the callback. It does. It's like the opening scene and then the closing scene. So nice. Nice yeah. wrap up. Well, I noticed in a sitcoms, I feel like especially from like that era they would always like when they introduced vince he like comes into the coffee shop with phoebe only to be introduced and leave like three seconds later i feel like that happens all the time it's just like established like this guy's here yeah they're like oh hey gang like here's this guy say hello he's like all right i gotta get going (laughs) it was like you know just come to the coffee shop with me for 12 seconds yeah where does he live (laughs) yeah like did he is he gonna be late for his next thing because he had to do this (laughs) stupid pop-in that's a good point you know, they need you to know him, but then they need to get him out of there. So that I mean, they do they it can... like in Seinfeld yeah. too all the time. Oh, yeah. They'll all just the like time. have like someone like pop into like the coffee shop or something yeah. or like show up at Jerry's apartment for like four seconds and be like, well, I gotta leave. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a lot to think about once you introduce another character. You got right for them. Oh, no. I mean, I get scene. I understand its get utility the there. in, uh, you know, crafting yeah. the story a little bit easier. Go back to their nowhere place that they live. Yeah. They go sit and, you know stare at the wall until they're <laughs> called on set next so meanwhile in monica's world she thinks that it's curtains for her and pete because he leaves her a voicemail or whatever that's like hey we need to talk yeah, he's out of town or something yeah he's like when i get back we need to talk and she's like that's never good news right to everyone at the coffee shop and joey's like no it might not be uh well she's like oh that means he's breaking oh, yeah. up with me he's like right. oh it doesn't mean he's breaking up with you maybe he just cheated on you <laughs> That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Monica brings them over to Pete's house and, you know, the boys are getting a little riled up like, well, if he's going to break up with you, you know, whatever. Let's uh, piss in his plants and stuff. (laughs) Really weird. Like everyone's making, jumping to a lot of assumptions this episode. Mm -hmm. So she, she like takes them to the house. It has everything. It has like voice activated lights, which back then were very impressive. Now are basically Mm -hmm. commonplace. Yeah, and they could just say lights, which I feel like wouldn't be the best system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just talking about lights. Yeah. Like going wild. Yeah, I love these new lights, so this is how you can use the lights. <laughs> yeah, how do I control the lights? <laughs> and everyone's very impressed. Like, literally, every friend is there, you know, scouring the house and everything, and they all love it. And when Pete calls, uh, voice call. Video call. Video call. Sorry. Video <laughs> call. <laughs> Opposite voice call. <laughs> he he video calls and everyone like dives out of the frame to try to hide. But he spots them. He tells Monica, you know, they'll talk later. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she asks him, 
is it good news or bad news? And he's like, oh, it's definitely good news. It's very good news. She's like, okay. And then Joey reads on his desk that he's made a $50,000 check to ring services or something. Like ring designer. Yeah, ring designer. Yeah. And everyone's like, engagement. I think what Rachel actually yells is, Monica's going to marry a millionaire. Oh, yeah. She really, really brings out her shallow money grubbingness oh yeah and i love it (laughs) (laughs) so monica doesn't really i think she's kind of on the fence about doing this because they've just started dating two weeks or something yeah yeah i mean she's not like yeah 100 gung-ho on the idea yet yeah but everyone else is really excited especially rachel so this is my favorite line of the episode where rachel goes You definitely have to have a theme wedding. And the theme should be, look how much money we have. (laughs) Uh, That, I mean, that was a good one. That wasn't my favorite part. You came shortly after that when they're, uh, they're all talking to, like giving Monica advice or something about like what she should do. And Ross says, Monica's right. We're talking about getting married here. Okay. She, she can't just rush into this. And Rachel goes, oh, what do you know? You married a lesbian. (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah. yeah, very true. Yeah, that was that was my favorite line of that segment. Yeah, so Rachel basically is crushing it. Everybody's favorite lines are coming from Rachel. I mean, it was a good scene for her. Mm-hmm. I I agree. Later, she is, you know, they've all kind of stopped speaking, and then she suddenly like throws her hands up and makes an excited noise. She goes, "Oh, sorry, just trying to imagine what it would be like when I catch the money bouquet." <laughs> Yeah, she's like, you know, you, gotta, you can have a money salad. Be like, it's a little dry, but trust me, people will like it. <laughs> so Monica eventually comes around to the idea of marrying Pete. She's like, you know, I'm just crazy about him. And even though it's only been two weeks, like, I'm just ready to do this. Like, I'm excited. So she is all dolled up when Pete comes back. He's wearing a tuxedo. I don't have they been at like a gala yeah, or something? They, were at, like, yeah. you know. they don't really establish that, but they're both very dressed up. Monica has, like, her makeup all done. I presume her nails done, much as girls do when they predict that tonight is the night that they're going to get engaged. Fresh uh, wax job. Yeah, fresh. <laughs> Smooth as a turtle everywhere. Yep. And Pete, like, sits Monica down, and he does kind of a lead-up that would maybe make you think that he's going to propose. Like, he talks about how he's conquered the business world and the, you know... Intellectual world. Intellectual, and, yeah. You know, and he's like... Conquest. Yeah, and he's like, and now I have the most beautiful woman in the world. And it's like, well, this would be a great time to pivot, propose. But instead, he starts talking about conquering the physical world. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he explains that he wants to become an ultimate fighter. And the ring that he bought was... His a, own, like, training ring. Yeah, a training ring. <laughs> and Monica goes, oh, you wouldn't use a ring designer for that, would you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't know that ultimate fighting uh, went back this far. I, I I guess I didn't really think about it, but that is surprising. Yeah, I thought it was like a 2000s invention. Maybe this is the early parts of it. In fact, oh yeah, I mean, maybe NBC had just bought the rights to it. <laughs> they were trying to get it out there. Yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan wasn't even in it yet. Mm-hmm. Monica is definitely upset. Like, she is... Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, she's real dejected. Yeah. But... She already said, like, you know, it's kind of early. And it's only been two weeks. But then I think she had convinced herself that it was going to happen and that she would say yes. She's very dumb. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's why she 
can't have a normal relationship. Yeah. Mon- um, Rachel, too. She's a big part of the problem. Maybe Monica wouldn't have gotten all excited. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why Pete had to build up that moment so much. Mm-hmm. He's going to pick up a new hobby. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I know. But, uh, I mean, that's the way that ends. That's a... Uh... Yeah. The final credits scene is Joey and Chandler have brought the duck to the herbalist again, the guru. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, it has a cough. And he's like, oh, the guru's like, oh, you know, would you be willing to make it eat a bat? And Joey is holding the duck at that time. And the duck starts like really flapping. I'm not sure if it was supposed to. Joey does look a little, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> He's just like waiting for it to stop. Yeah. Yeah, it looked real. I mean, I don't know. The duck was so well behaved in the other scenes. But I assume that there's, you know, outtakes. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's the final credit scene. They mm-hmm. can do whatever they want. But that was it. Any hot friends news? Friends news. One of Jennifer Aniston's celeb friends just debunked the Taylor Swift rumor. This is from JustJared.com. I'm familiar I've... with Just Jared. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what that is. One of Jennifer Aniston's celeb friends has debunked the theory that Jennifer is the actress Taylor Swift is referring to in the 10-minute version of the iconic All Too Well song. Oh, we do know this. We just saw her perform that song on SNL. Yeah, I didn't, well, I didn't know that. Saw her on the TV. Yeah, I didn't follow the lyrics closely enough to remember this reference to an actress in the song. Yeah. That maybe Jennifer Aniston. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Taylor Swift was like by the bathroom or something or at a party. Oh, yeah. It's, well, while singing about the breakup and how she was doing amid the aftermath, Taylor says, not weeping in a party bathroom. Some <laughs> act- actress asking me what happened. You, what happened to you? That's what happened, you. What you. happened? You. Like the person the song is about. And then what happened? You. It's like a call and response. It. Yeah. I guess yeah. it makes more, probably sounds better. When sung Being by Taylor. Sung. <laughs> Initially, some fans thought the actress she mentioned could be Jennifer, who she ran into at the 2011 People's Choice Awards just days after the Jake breakup allegedly happened. Now one of Jen's friends is giving some new info. Jennifer's friend, jewelry designer Jennifer Mayer, uh, or Meyer, uh, left a comment on E! News Instagram debunking the rumor. <laughs> you can see exactly what Jennifer... Meyer wrote uh, by clicking through the gallery. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure she said that that's not what happened. God. Those jerks, they're making you click through the gallery to see what Jennifer Meyer said? Okay, so Taylor Swift fans, as I've learned and kind of knew already, they're completely crazy. And they, like, really eat this stuff up, I guess, who all these people are. They, like, you know, Taylor is, like, dropping them hints. There's all sorts of hints. She puts hints in the liner notes. She gives hints in like interviews and they basically scramble all the time to find out who all of these people are about. Sounds like some real QAnon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird to me that they said Taylor ran into Jennifer Aniston at the People's Choice Awards. I mean, she must have run into a million people. Yeah. I mean, I guess she's an actress. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Yeah. A very stupid story. Mm-hmm. Good find. Now for Friends Trivia. It's time for Friends Trivia. Okay. How big was the largest ovarian tumor ever recorded? Oh, is this weird growths? Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) So the theme of this trivia is weird growths. (laughs) Or just facts about growths. Came in real hot. Yeah. Okay. How big was the largest ovarian tumor ever recorded? 119 pounds... 
132 pounds, 159 pounds, or 303 pounds? The second one. Nope. It was 303 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. The second one did happen recently, though, in Connecticut. So maybe that's why it was in your head. How does that happen? You you just be like more tumor than person? Yeah, it was. How does it get to that point? Well, shut in. So that one, uh, the 303-pound one, was recorded in 1994, I think. I didn't read about it. But the 132-pound one that did happen recently, it's just started, like, growing rapidly. The woman said that she was gaining, like, it started in November or something, and she was gaining 10 pounds every week. And it was just, like, growing so fast. Yeah, but then don't you go to the doctor, like, immediately? Yeah, so I don't know why they wait so long. Or... Does she wait so long, or are they, like, waiting for the tumor to reach its, like, max? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know, but it sounds disgusting. Yeah, I can't imagine. Where was the tumor that killed Ulysses S. Grant located in his body? His throat? His prostate? His pancreas? Or his colon? Prostate. Nope. Pancreas. Throat. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that cancer killed him. Yep. Lung cancer is still the number one cancer killer in America. So Ulysses S. Grant is uh, part of that. How big is the longest nose on a living person? A Turkish guy. Mehmet Ozurek, let's say. Uh, And they are measuring bridge to tip. So is it uh, 5.1 inches? 3.46 3.46 inches, 4.22 inches, or 2.95 inches? 5 inches. Nope. 3.46. That's the longest? Yeah. How long is a normal nose? I don't really know. That's just, uh, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It doesn't seem that big. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but like, you know, this is maybe like 2 inches. Yeah, but it's this way. Yeah, I know. That's what I was doing. So, you know, to like two my, inches. My fat knuckle. Yeah. So, that's yeah. That's probably yeah. about two inches. So the biggest is only like an inch and a half more than that. Yeah, but you put another inch. It's an inch. Yeah, an inch and a half. I mean, you put another inch and a half. That makes a lot of difference. It seems yeah. like most noses are in the two inch range. I know. I just can't believe there's not some even more freakish one. <laughs> I'm surprised. Well, maybe there is, but the person just hasn't applied. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get nominated yeah i mean how else is guinness gonna know about you it's true that's it oh for three yeah you don't know much about growths at all good <laughs> i don't want despite having so many on your body i don't have growths what what about like you know pimples are those growths yeah they're growths then we all have growths <laughs> On that note, I think uh, we can wrap it up for the week. Yep. It's a tight 34 minutes. Nice. Thank you for listening. I hope that you continue to tune in, and we hope to get a little more regular with these updates. Yeah. We have some new podcast hardware coming, so it should sound even better soon. Yeah. And you can catch us on just.friends.instagram. Nope. (laughs) Just.friends.podcast on Instagram. (laughs) Tell your friends. Friends.